of the living geek. Moshi Moshi, and welcome to episode number 40 of Super Segoy Cast. My name's Justin. I'm Alex. This week, we went and saw another movie. We, instead of doing our normal six-episode anime for the week, we went and saw the animation Your Name. It was brought to us by Funimation Films. It was a special engagement that they brought over just for Japan. Just from Japan. That they brought over... Yeah. 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 Just from Japan. It was special. So that's why we went to go see it. We had about like four days. And luckily it came up on our days off. So we were able to. The film was a number four highest grossing in Japan. Also, it's the eighth highest grossing traditional animated movie. And the number one highest grossing anime film worldwide. It's made $320 million. That's a lot of money. That just goes to show how successful it is. And to be number four in Japan has got to be amazing because Japan's got a lot of animated movies out, I'm sure. Well, it's not even just number four in Japan. It's number four in Japan ever. Which is insane. The movie follows a girl named Mitsuha, and she lives in a rural neighborhood, um, goes to high school, and she's also a shrine maiden. She lives way up in the mountains. Yeah. She's not just, like, in a rural neighborhood. She's... She's in like a small village way out in the boons. Okay, I'm sorry. And then we also meet Taki, who's a high school boy who lives in Tokyo. It seems like an every other day thing, like when one of them falls asleep, they switch spots in each other's bodies. They think that they're dreams, but they're actually not. Yeah. They're they're real days that they spend in each other's lives, but they forget them like super quick. And so they feel like dreams to them until they start getting clues because their friends are like, you were acting really weird yesterday. And then they do end up remembering it and they start leaving each other diaries in their phones about what they did for the day and kind of made ground rules so they didn't mess up each other's lives. After a while of this going on, Taki tries to get in contact with Mitsuha, but he can't. So he tries to find her town, way up in the mountains, but... Because of his limited memory of who she actually is, what her name is, he never ended up finding out the town she lived in. He just kind of remembered what it, what it looked like, so and he tried he was, to get pictures of it and stuff and yeah, drawing it. He was a really good drawer, too, like an uh, artist. Yeah. He's a really good artist. A good drawer. Uh, he, he, he drew very well. So we're going to give some big spoilers here. So if you are going to go see it and you don't want to know what happens, yes. skip forward till I don't know when. But A few minutes at least. Yeah, maybe um, about 10. Yeah, so spoiler alerts ahead. When he ends up going out to her village, um, it takes him a while to find it. But when he does find it, it's because someone recognizes his drawing. And we find out that three years prior to him trying to go look for her, the village was hit by a meteor and pretty much obliterated 500 people dead. Yeah, it was destroyed. Including Mitsuha. They found her name in the death records when they went to go research what happened to this town. They realized, well, Taki realized, that the timelines are actually three years apart. Yes. So he's kind of speaking with a ghost, but not really. Yeah, and she's speaking with someone in the future. Some wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff here going on. Exactly. And And he has to try to figure out how to reconnect with her and save her, if he can, from this meteor coming down and destroying the village. So he decides to go to the shrine that her family has and tries to get in contact with her there because their grandmother 
when he was in her body would tell him stuff you know like we're all connected and all this stuff the mm-hmm. Musubi, and you know we have all this thread that connects us and stuff yeah. like that it's pretty cool too with the grandma you're mentioning like how everyone's connected the grandma was a shrine maiden and uh, mitsuha's mom was a shrine maiden and they're saying that they had dreams like this too where they were switching places with everybody else right they so, all had the same experiences yeah so like the grandmother knew that it wasn't really her and like i think was hinting at it the whole time like here's how you can get yeah, in contact maybe but they didn't know why <clears throat> no they just you know oh, this is just a thing that happens you mm-hmm. know like they didn't think anything of it really until he was like well i think it's because i'm supposed to be doing something here i'm supposed to be saving the, the village so he remembers that they had to do a ritual kuchikami sake where they basically create sake for the gods by chewing up some rice and spitting out the liquids to help ferment it into sake and they leave it at the shrine so what ends up happening is he goes to the shrine which is like way up in the middle of nowhere on these big mountain ridge which was actually a previous meteor or yeah previous meteor site well they didn't say that the lake where they live on was one but, yeah, but where they the shrine is also looks like another one as well that they don't mention about. But anyway, so he ends up going down to the shrine, which is like in under this big rock and in this little cave. And he drinks the Kuchikami sake and... Like he, prays basically yeah, to he, the god. And then he ends up slipping on something, seeing like these old cave drawings of the, of the previous meteor. Mm-hmm. And then he goes back into her body basically to try to figure out how to get everything safe. Yep. And then she wakes up in his body too. This whole time, you think you're on the same timeline until he finds out that the village was destroyed three years before that. The day before the meteor hit in her timeline, she actually went to try to go find Taki in Tokyo. But because their timelines were different, he... Hadn't met her yet. Yeah, had no recollection of her or of the dreams and switching bodies. Well, it was also kind of like... It was kind of heart-wrenching in a way. Because you're watching it and you're like, no! You don't want them to not... Yeah, you don't want them to fail meeting each other. Right. He's trying to help evacuate the body while in her body... Or sorry, evacuate the town while in her body <laughs> explained to everyone like hey the meteors are gonna hit but no one believes him yeah everybody's like what are you talking about yeah how would you know that that doesn't make any sense so luckily he was able to recruit two of her friends and they created a plan i forget how they both ended up out of each other's bodies again because they both fall or something? he i think remembered that she was in his body supposedly up in the shrine and so he like sprinted there to go see oh that's right and then they like met in what was mentioned in like the twilight which was in the very beginning of the movie the twilight is very much like the japanese witching hour mm-hmm. so things in twilight it's kind of like when the underworld and the overworld kind of mix and you can have more yeah. encounters with ghosts yeah. and stuff around twilight time. so they were able to see each other and at that time they explained what was happening and how Quickly. it was going and <laughs> then she ended up getting back into her own body at this point they try to write each other's names on their hands because yeah. they forget who they are after a little bit so they were going to write each other's names on their hands that way when it was all over they could try to find each other but when she was going to write her name on his hand she Twilight just disappeared was yeah. yeah it was just like all of a sudden she was just gone the pen falls to the floor yeah and he like or all crap basically instantly forgot who she was he was like i'll never forget her I'll, and he was saying the name over and over and over and then he forgot yeah he's like wait why am i here and then it flashes to her running through her timeline three years in the past trying to save everyone and she looks at her hand to try to remember his name because she's starting to forget it and on it it says i love you yeah. doesn't even say his name she's like how am i supposed to remember your name without that but it was like so sentimental right, it was really yeah. nice 
so she's running around. She man- she manages to evacuate the whole town. But, well, they don't save the town, though. Like, the, the villagers all went to the, the high school. High school yeah. And so they were safe there, most of them. But the town itself was still destroyed by yeah. the comet. So, you know, that part was gone. Then, five years later, Taki's wandering around in Tokyo like he normally does. Mm-hmm. And um, he's sitting in this cafe, and he hears these people. And he's like, wait, that sounds kind of familiar. Well, it turns like out the that, names pinged in his mind. Yeah, and it turns out that they were Mitsuha's friends. And so he looks at them like, I know them. But he didn't know why, and so yeah. then they left. So, like, for five years, he's been sitting there going, like, I'm supposed to remember somebody. I'm supposed to remember something. I'm supposed to remember yeah, one but, of these but things. What? But, like, I don't remember what it is. It, he didn't know if it was a person, place, or a thing. And he's just like, there's something there. And he didn't understand why he was so fascinated with that town and with the meteor strike. It just wasn't clicking to him. Yeah, he's like, I don't know anybody there. Why? Why? Yeah. Why do I care? But so then he gets on the train and he's looking out the window. And as we know from being on the trains, they get really close at they a couple do. of points. And yeah. you, you can kind of like see the people in the other trains. Well, he sees Mitsuha. And, and she sees him. And they kind of like, they get that, that like ding goes off in their head. And they're like, wait, I know them. So they both get off at the next stop and they run trying to meet each other. Mm. And then they finally see each other on these stairs. And they both were just kind of like, oh, I feel weird now because yeah, like, I don't know them. Yeah, like we literally just got here. Did we, yeah. we say something? Did we not? Yeah. So they kind of like start to just pass each other on the stairs. Mm-hmm. And that's when everybody in the audience is like, no. Like, you got to do it. Yeah. yeah. And so then, well, he gets to the top and she gets to the bottom. And he finally turns around and he's like, do I know you? You know, and she's like, I, I thought, I think so. She's like, I, I, I don't know. And so then they just kind of ask each other their names. But you don't get an answer. Right. And then the movie ends. So it was yeah. like, oh, they finally met each other. You yeah. know, you kind of get the happy ending, but you don't. Right. Like because it, you don't know what's going to happen. It's like an unfulfilled happiness in my mind. Yeah, I know. I was kind of, when it ended, I was like, oh, I want to know what happens, though. Like, do they remember yeah. everything? Do they start over? Like, like, I wish that's something they had done in the credits. You know how some places, yeah. some movies do like the credits are rolling, but you still kind of see what the story's going on. with. Right. I wish they had done that. Me too. Because I want to know yeah. if they had to start over or not. My one critique of this film was that it was slow. Um, I think that's just anime pacing, you know, Japanese pacing. But the story was so well written. It really was, yeah. Like, when we were looking it up, I think Rotten Tomatoes gave it, like, a 97 or something. something. And, like, obviously, look at its ratings. It's amazing. It's number one in so many places, and we can see why. Yeah. The story was really, really well thought out. And, you know, and I was reading something, and the director said that to him it wasn't done. He wanted to do more with it, but they ran out of budget money. I could see that there needs to be more with it. For the film itself, it's really good. It had a cool twist, really good history. Yeah. Looked, looked amazing. For me specifically, I don't always really get into movies. I'm not super into romantic movies either, but like this one had me like in a weird way aching for them to remember each other. I wanted them to meet. I wanted her to survive. I wanted it to be that successful love story. Like at the end when they were like, oh, I don't know. Like, and I thought maybe it's just going to end like they were never going to meet or something. I was just like, it was tearing me up on the inside, man. Yeah. I felt bad. Not a lot of movies do that to me, but anime is 100% different than real life movies for some reason. Like, I loved Naruto and One Piece because of it. It's just easier to connect with the characters. I guess. Because uh, there's so much more dimensional than real people. There's a lot more depth to it, I guess. Yeah. I feel more connected to a lot of animes than I do real life TV shows. Yeah. And this movie's a great example of it because if this was to be a real life movie, I don't know if I would have cared as much oh 
I agree with that. And I think one of the cool things too, you can go, even though the town itself is not real, there's an area that the whole town is based on and like the main buildings mm -hmm. in their village is based on real buildings in another town in the Gifu prefecture. Wow, so that's pretty cool. They do that with a lot of things um, yeah. in anime and then they end up turning into what they like to call anime holy grounds because <laughs> you can go look for them yeah. and like take pictures in the same spots and Be all like, this kind of thing. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I think that's super cool. It, it, it is really cool. I love when animes are based off real life type things like that because for me, when we were watching it, we got to see Tokyo Tower as it showed you like the scenery of Tokyo and you're like, yeah. we've been there. We, the JR lines everywhere. We I saw know. that. They, the, the boss um, vending machines. Yeah, those were the, there too. The, the, um, the fact that he was in Shinjuku. Right. And the like Lawson he, Marts. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. I and know. Then, like, it's very funny because near the end of the movie, too, when they're on the trains, actually, Yo one of the stops, yeah, he was stopping Yo at Yoyogi, Yogi, and we looked at each other and we just kind of giggled because we were like, oh, man, that brings back so many memories of yeah. when we were there. We went to Yoyogi Park. Yeah. And we got off on that stop. And, and we missed it. We passed by that stop all the time. And yeah. just, it sounded so funny familiar it was right. so cool it's really nice to be able to connect with it on that yeah. way and i think that's another reason why people get so into animes especially in japan because they're based on real areas you know they're mm -hmm. things that you remember like us you know mm -hmm. we're just like oh man those fond memories of the train rides and stuff yeah. and it's like it's hitting it's us so, and we're like it's oh awesome. wow you know on a scale of one to ten ten being the greatest what would you rate it i would give it a nine a nine why wouldn't you give it a ten um because I don't know. It mm -hmm. wasn't a perfect movie. No, it but wasn't. It, it was very, very good. Yes. Like, I, I'll definitely buy it. I'll definitely watch it with other people. Mm -hmm. I'll watch it again. Yeah, yeah. But it's not one of those movies that you can just watch over and over again. Okay, so I, I feel the same way. I probably wouldn't give it a, um, a 10 either. I'd probably give it like an 8. Eight and a half, only because I don't like the slowness and I do feel like it wasn't fulfilled. If that's something the director feels, and I sense it. Obviously, there's definitely something missing. Yeah. I really appreciated how they fast forwarded the back and forth of the people of yeah. their days. It didn't did just it, sit there. Right. They did it just enough so you you get the idea. Yeah. But not so much that you're like okay. Because that wasn't the point of the story. The point of right. the story was him trying to save her in the meeting. Yeah. So I loved the way that they did that. So I think they did that in a very well, real way. I appreciated the traditional sense yeah. that they had in the rural village mm -hmm. because you know with the shrines and with the ceremonies and all that kind of thing that they were doing it was really yeah. cool to see the mix you know very much so you know what just thinking about it right now their age difference must be pretty vast or not vast but at least three years because she was a high schooler getting close to graduation he wasn't even in high school technically because she oh, was well, three yeah, years in the, the past end. yeah at the end he was. he was a senior and she was technically already in high school no, for no, the no, three no. years previous than that at the end he wasn't a senior he was already looking for a job remember no yeah but that was five years in the future oh oh yeah you're right so, so probably like a three-year gap in age, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. but uh, just random something thought that popped in my head. Yeah, I didn't think about that either. Yeah, but, but I mean that's not as bad as like Sailor no, Moon. No. Sailor Moon, her boyfriend was in college. Was he really? And he, she's only like fourteen. So Shido mask. Yeah, though so, you know <laughs> it's not that bad. Of no, a thing, it's not that but, bad. But still, yeah, I didn't yeah. think about that. So if uh, you guys have any interest in, in your neighborhood, I would definitely definitely go see seeing, this movie seeing your neighborhood if you plan on seeing this whatever let me rephrase <laughs> i would definitely say you should go see this if it's in your neighborhood there and you, you have go. interest in anime 
You can check it out on the Funimation website. Mm-hmm. We'll put the link in there too. Yeah. But then you can search for what theaters and what days you have. Like I said, for us personally, we only had about four days to see it. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be playing in other cities across the United States. I guess we can move on to our next topic. Yeah, and this topic is actually kind of cool because it um, slightly brings in the real-life Ghost in the Shell movie we talked about in our last episode. We have the world's first working pilotable mecha. It's called Method 2. It's a 13-foot-tall mech vehicle capable of walking forward and backwards on two legs. It is stable. It's not perfect yet. No, it looked a little wobbly, but it's there. It's got a cockpit in the torso where the human pilot sits, just like a Gundam or... A Zoid? Oh, a Zoid, too. <laughs> uh, no, I was trying to think of Pacific Rim, the Jaegers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, basically yeah, yeah. a Jaeger. It currently needs a power connection, so it's got this big cable that runs behind it, and it still requires wires to keep the balance stable, so just to keep the pilot safe at this point, because mm-hmm. it's still being created, being tested, so they don't want this, like, I don't know, who knows how much this thing weighs, thousands of pounds, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, If for it sure. fell over, that's, you know, you, that's all bad, so. Yeah. But it was created by a Korean company called Hankook Marai, the concept designer is Vitaly Bulgarov. He's created futuristic concepts for several large tech companies and movie productions. He actually just worked on the new Ghost in the Shell movie. He's also worked for Boston Dynamics, which is the company that created those crazy weird robot dog things that you can't knock over. Which are creepy but cool at the same time. Yeah, and it's kind of funny too, just on like a side note, when we were back in Japan mm-hmm. in 2011, they were talking about those on TV. Yeah. And yeah. like they were showing them run and they can run like up like to cheetah speed wood. and stuff. And yeah, yeah the, it's fall over. It's really cool. The company has also made robot humanoids that are smart enough to walk through snow-covered forest terrain without falling over. Yeah, we watched the video. Really impressive. And you see it step in like a snow hole and be like stumble, but it would keep going and step over holes and it would slip and still be good to go. Yeah, like, the advances this technology has, it's just nuts, you know? Yes, my one complaint about the droid or the robot. Which robot? The big one? No, the robot humanoid. Oh, the robot humanoid. Uh, it, it doesn't turn, it twists, which is bad for its back. It is. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to move out those joints, man. Nose over toes, everybody. <laughs> nose over toes. Everything about it looked amazing. It was really huge, and it showed arm movements and the people walking it. and uh, The arm movements, though, are very... We've already seemed, seen this before. It seemed like, limited, though. Well, it did. But I think, like you said, that's just because of the size of the cockpit. Mm-hmm. When the pilot's sitting in it, he can't move his arms around Le- as much. Yeah, the cockpit was not big enough. Right. I wanted to see him, like, take it and go across his body. Yeah. He kept basically doing the same three things yeah, over and over. Up and, and it down, was like, side yeah, to side. Up, down, and, and then all the way out. Yeah. Like, like, he wouldn't go across his body. He wouldn't, like, swing it. Like, there was just... It was so limited. Like, what's the point of testing it if you're not going to Do it all test the way. It, so. Well, I was, I was thinking it was going to go along the lines of um, Robot Combat League mm-hmm. when we were watching that on Sci-Fi, I believe mm-hmm. it was. Because that's the same thing. It, it's got the sensors in your arms so that way it can it moves the way your arms move and so you know you should be able to do punches and do kind of things like Mm -hmm, that with mm -hmm. it as long as the mobility is allows you to maybe just maybe we'll see a real life gundam movie or a real life zoltron zoltron not zolt yeah zoltron zoltan what was that oh my god are you okay what's the name of that show voltron voltron but it's okay. Maybe we will see a real-life Gundam or a real-life Voltron movie. I almost said it wrong again. But why are you talking about movies, though? Because why not? We'd be able to see a real-life movie with those things. 
No, like, like, a, the, like to a, me that a live seems... action that's not digitally enhanced by green screen. Yeah, but you would. That would make so much more sense. It'd probably be cheaper too to probably. just animate all of these things and to make it look a lot cooler than to have a test thing. You know what I mean? Like it just seems like a waste of resources. I guess. Well, then what about like a real life Gundam? battle arena no i mean sure maybe yeah that's probably because we're stupid that's probably exactly what we'll do with it you know there's that movie i was talking about was uh real steel yeah, yeah. no not real steel oh um it was like a 1970 something movie maybe a 1980 movie and um instead of there being armies it's uh actual piloted mechas that fight each other from different countries well it was like it was a really gory movie for its time <laughs> That sounds awesome. Just saying. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool, but like yeah, it, it, and that's how like the disputes were handled. They would fight each other in these real life mechas. No, I see it more so being used for like. Um, do you remember when we watched um, Gargantia on the Virtuous Planet, and they were using mm-hmm. the big mm-hmm. the big guy to just kind of like move equipment and stuff around? Yeah, and, yeah. That's what I see it as being used for more so than anything else. Okay. Just like another another construction tool, basically. Yeah. Or like on Alien. When Ripley's um, using the exoskeleton, mm-hmm. that's what I see it. People are going to be using that it makes for. more sense. Yeah, because then you could do like riveting and stuff like that from a, f- a safer height or whatever. So riveting from a safer height. Yeah, like of all the things to do with it, you're going to do riveting from yeah, a safer height. Yeah. Oh my god. Whatever. <laughs> you know, you could pick up giant like shipping crates by yourself and stuff. That would not, be pretty not cool. shipping crates, shipping containers. You could pick yeah, up like shipping containers. Boat. Yeah, like that'd be see, cool. That's cooler. It'd give you more riveting. space and whatnot. Yeah. Hey, nothing here. wrong with riveting. I guess. Anywho, what is this note you have about the Tokyo one to one Gundam? Oh, they took it down. The life size Gundam. It's gun. It's gone. It's good. It's Gundam. Gundam. It's gun it's gone. Gu- <laughs> yeah, it's it's gun done. <laughs> oh, gun done. <laughs> gun done. Damn. No, so they took it down um, just a couple like two weeks ago actually. Wow. It's been up since 2012, but they are planning for a new Gundam to replace it. And 2019 is the 40th anniversary of Gundam, so it's probably going to be pretty amazing and with whatever it, it they replace it. It would make sense to have it, too, for the 2020 Olympics. Like, right. Why would you take something so... Because um, it's been there for so huge long. Huge and so awesome down. Well, it was... At first, in 2009, there was a different one there, and then they replaced it with this one in 2012. Okay, if they're going to like continuously take it down and replace it with newer models, that's fine. Yeah. Because then you get to see a different line of different Gundams, which is neat. Well, I'm, I think that's what they're doing, but it was, it's was it been the same Gundam, the, like the main white Gundam, the whole time. It's just been better versions of it, I think. Mm-hmm. So it would be cool if they replaced it with something really interesting looking, but mm-hmm. since that's like the base default Gundam that everybody knows, they're probably just going to keep it with that one. Fair enough. But we'll see. I don't know. But it would be really awesome if when we go for the Olympics, I hope that we're able to see something. I was upset that right after we left Japan, when we went years ago is when they put it up they put it right back up because they yep. took it down before before we got there and then they put the new one back up after we left and we were, we're like, like what? man okay well to get off giant gundams and robots and mechas and stuff like that a uh, fun little other tech thing that i'm sad is only in japan is something called the phillips noodle it's basically a machine that Philips is making that can create any kind of noodle for you without you having to do all the kneading and stuff like that on your own. That's pretty cool. Like, I could see that being really useful for um, home cooks and for even small businesses. Mm-hmm. But so Philips, if you are not familiar with it, they're mostly known for electronics, healthcare equipment, and appliances. Yep. So like, I think they, they made shavers for a long time. Did they? Oh, they did. Yeah. yeah. The, the Philips uh, Norelco. Norelcos. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. 
well, can the machine really make make it taste well, as good as like handmade? You know, it's supposed to be really good. So, and it can pretty much pump out any type of noodle, such as ramen, udon, soba, and spaghetti. Basically, all I said you had to do was add eggs, flour, water, and maybe whatever other little ingredients you wanted in your noodles, and then hit start. And in about 15 minutes, you can get 500 grams, a little over a pound of noodles. That's pretty good. That's a lot. I don't know. Like, it's kind of like when they made rice makers, rice cookers. You know Mm -hmm, what I mean? Everybody mm -hmm. was like, but it takes hours to make rice. And this rice cooker pops it out in like 20 minutes. Yeah. So, you know, like I can see that it'll be handy. I just don't know if it will be better. Hopefully they'll make it worldwide. But like, yeah, right now it's only in Japan. And there's a website you can actually buy it off of right now. But it's not cheap. It's like $190. That's not that bad. I mean, the bread makers are right around there too. Really? Okay. Yeah, bread makers, you can get like a really fancy one for like 300 bucks yeah i guess well uh, like slow cookers or rice cookers is usually right around that price too if you if you can make noodles for free 180 dollars it'll be worth it yeah Yeah. it'll buy itself back in no time (laughs) in no time and time saved yeah exactly so we mentioned in a previous episode a city or town that was joking around saying if they had so many people like a video that they would build a japanese hot spring amusement park well they hit that goal and we finally got an announcement about a crowdfunding campaign that was put together for it. And it only had a goal of 10 million yen, which was absolutely dominated. They ended up raising 34 million. That's a lot. In reality, it's only like $300,000. What? That seems like not enough at all. Right? But supposedly it's enough in Japan. That's only the crowdfunding. They are also going to be backed by the mayor and the city that's building it in the first place. Oh. Like, that was just to give, like, an extra couple things for the amusement park. I don't know, man. It's going to have a special blend onsen bath. It's going to have an onsen water slide. And it's also going to have an onsen merry-go-round. Those are the three things that were officially announced to be going in the park. Well, most of those, I mean, like, the bath and the water slide, that seems pretty basic. You know what I mean? Like, onsens are... Or hot springs. So It'd be cool to go down like a hot water slide. That'd be fun. Well, yeah, I'm not saying it wouldn't be fun, but it's like if you're going to have a spa amusement yeah. park, that clearly you're going to have like a giant pool and then water slides. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's not all that amazing to me. I hope they make like a lazy river onsen. They are thinking about doing the roller coaster still. Okay, that's cool. Um, See, I, th- I think the merry-go-round is also pretty creative. Yeah. Um, I just hope that like they take more cues from different amusement parks and mm-hmm. try to incorporate those designs into something you can use with hot water, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. like at least make it designed really nice looking. Like maybe they can make it look like a bathhouse or something, something. you know, in certain areas and yeah. really like magical, I guess you could say, or like like spirited away how it was fun and there was like all these different spirits that would come in and stuff like Mm -hmm, that like mm -hmm. make it bright and interesting i think that would be pretty cool that would be pretty cool either way they have other things still in development that they haven't announced yet so i'm sure we'll get something else maybe another five months down the road i look forward to seeing what it is and maybe it'll be ready for us when we go in 2020 i'm impressed that they were able to get this 34 million just in five months because i do remember that when we were talking about it and we were like i, I thought it was a joke because mm-hmm. i didn't under i didn't even read it correctly when i first saw the article <laughs> what did i think it was i don't spam. yeah it was I, thought a it was, spam. I thought it was a spam amusement park spam amusement. but it was a spa amusement park and i was oh, like oh i huh? forgot about that's funny yeah and so like you know oh yeah i I was even more just like oh that's stupid nobody's gonna that's not gonna work ride a giant piece of spam well yeah i didn't get it you know but no like slide hot baths that's i would i would never leave that place right it'd be awesome that's my problem with water parks now is that they're too damn cold Mm. so well i i need water parks but i think the onsens would be really cool too yeah 
also in our previous episode, we, we've talked about uh, fun foods that happen in Japan at Starbucks and McDonald's, and we've brought it up quite often in other episodes as well. Yeah, but and those be- wasabi-flavored Pringles we got. Yeah. They, they we had just, Ernesto try them, remember? Yeah, they just keep coming out with cool things out there. Well, we found out that they actually make a lot of creative Pringle flavors out in Japan that they don't make here. And it's like, why? Why do they keep getting all the fun flavors? It's not fair. Well, because nobody buys them here. I'm just people, saying. People are like, oh, that's weird. I don't want to try that. This is true. As of right now, they kind of gave like a brief listing of the 2015, 2016s. They have like the originals, the salt, the sour cream and onions, and the vinegars. But in 2015, they had a New York cheeseburger, a green curry, eggs Benedict. Oh, right? that'd probably be interesting, it actually, would be. that sauce. Yeah. A Brazilian lime and chili, and they had a fried chicken flavor. Fried chicken would be interesting, too. Right? Like, cheeseburger just sounds kind of boring. The green curry, that just sounds spicy, so no thank you. But Maybe. Eggs Benedict? I don't know. That, that'd probably be pretty interesting. I think I would try that one for sure. I don't sure. know about the fried chicken, though, either, but I, I think I would give it a shot. Yeah, well, I had those bacon ones. Oh, yeah, you They did. weren't that great, but no. still. So some other fun flavors. In 2016, they had mushroom soup. <laughs> That's French, a random flavor. Right? French salad. French salad? French dressing salad, maybe? Type what flavor? is French dressing? You've never had French dressing? No. It's actually pretty good. I've had ranch dressing. French dressing's kind of sweet. Huh. So then there's um, wasabi nori, smoky potato salad. Ooh, that's probably good. This is the one I'm kind of like, ah, I don't know, but I think I would give it a shot is the Manhattan clam chowder. I didn't know that that was a type of clam chowder. Well, there's the New England clam chowder as well. Yeah. In Manhattan, I guess just because it's right next to the water. I didn't know there was a Manhattan, though. I know there was New England. Yeah, who knows? And then I know that there's red and white New England clam chowder. I know that from Ace Ventura, but... <laughs> I, I didn't know there was a Manhattan clam chowder. I didn't either, but that's one that they have. Huh. And to go with the 2015 fried chicken, on 2016, they have the American roast chicken flavored. Not to be confused with the non-American roast, roast chicken. chicken. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then they have Hawaiian barbecue. Ho, Hawaiian. Takoyaki and karage. Karage is fried chicken, but it's Japanese fried chicken. So it's obviously different. Yeah. And then takoyaki, for those of you who don't know, is fried octopus balls. Though they make takoyaki flavored lots of stuff, yeah. like chips and yeah. um, snacks. Like if you go to any Japanese store, there's takoyaki flavored stuff all over the place. They haven't announced anything too different for 2017 yet, but there's plenty of time left to go. For Halloween, they should have squid ink ones. That way they'd be black. I don't know, man. We watched a food competition and they had used squid ink and it backfired royally on that guy. If they just put like salt on it or something. Squid ink with salt. Yeah, mm. just like salty black chips, you know. Salty black chips. It's probably pretty good. When we go to Japan again, we have to try to see if we can find those. Yeah, just like stock up on them. Something. Like get a little collection going. Yeah. Like- <laughs> Um, what do you collect? Pringles cans? Yeah, right. Just like have a wall <laughs> line with it. Anyway, so if you guys happen to know any other flavors or have tried any of these flavors, make sure to message us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube, or Twitch if you feel like hanging out with us at SuperSugoyCast. You can also subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play Music. Make sure to send us messages at SuperSugoyCast at gmail.com. Check out our shirts and other stuff at notlg.spreadshirt.com. And check out our host site, Night of Living Geeks, at notlg.com. Lastly, thank you to Alex Broza for our music. We'll put a link so you can check out some more stuff. Bye.
of the living feet.